Good morning, everyone. What a great opportunity we have together in Jesus' name here in the sanctuary, and uh, we have our limit, or less than our limit, and uh, everyone that is online. We just want to welcome you and uh, say that uh, we're grateful that you can join us today. We would love to hear from you and see, hear what God is doing in your lives. Normally, we can do that. Uh, as we gather together, but uh, with restrictions, we really don't know what's going on in your lives, and we would really love to hear what what God is doing through this time. And and uh, if you have any issues, um, we uh, we want to know about them. We want to pray for you, and we want to uh, counsel with you if we can, and we want to help everyone we can in our community. If there are emotional needs, if there are spiritual needs. Uh, that you would like to speak to us about, go to our website and fill out a form there. Or uh, call us at 519-322-9915, and we'll reach out to you whenever we can. This Sunday is a transition from Christmas to New Year. It's a time of reflection of the past year and an anticipation for the new year. Today is also the last Sunday of the year. God has kept us safe. Some of us have gone through loss, loss of a loved one, or have had health issues. Others have had unemployment income reduced. Some people have gone through painful family situations. This past week, I lost my mom, who was 96 years old. She was an example of a godly a saint who lived her life for Jesus. We are grateful for her peaceful passing and the legacy of believers who were strengthened by her witness and teaching. She lived a rich life full of wonderful opportunities to minister to others. She helped in various revival meetings and crusades. And when she heard that there was a need for English teachers in Japan, she prayed, Lord, send someone from our church, even if it is my own children. Little did she know that Lydia and I were already talking to the mission board about fulfilling that opportunity. She had a desire to please God in every way that she could, and we do too. Today we want to look at 1 Samuel chapter 7. In that chapter, we read that in Samuel's day, that was about 1040 BC, the Israelites were following after other gods so that Jehovah was removed, had removed his protection from them and the surrounding nations began to invade and plunder them. Philistines in the southwest of Palestine were particularly destructive and sought to destroy Israel's crops and steal their possessions. The Philistines kept attacking towns and cities of Israel to enslave them and to destroy Israel. When the Israelites finally realized that they needed to repent and return to God so that they could once again be under his protection, they realized they were in serious condition. 
they had turned their backs on God and believed the lies that the gods of the other people were in power were the most powerful. Where is God when it hurts? No, that's not the right question. Where are we in relationship with God when there is trouble in the land? God is there all the time. We are the ones who have moved away, yet we expect God to chase us. Sometimes we believe that God is our genie, and when we rub the prayer lamp, he's supposed to appear and to wipe away our enemies. We are to ask the question, what is God going to teach me through my experience of pain? When we do that, God comes to help us. When all the people of Israel turned to the Lord, uh, then all the people of Israel turned back to the Lord. So Samuel said to the Israelites, if you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the asterisks and commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites put away their bales and asterisks and served the Lord only. Now, who is this Baal? Baal was a god who went by various names and, and considered to be doing different things, but for the Philistines, he was the god of thunder. And when he spoke, he brought rain, which produced crops and crops Crops produced prosperity in an agrarian society. So he was considered the fertility god because crops and animals grew because of the rains that he was believed to bring. So what's on your god shelf? In Japan, there is a god shelf in nearly every home. They believe that their ancestors the ancestral spirits come to live with them there. What takes us away from true worship? What false gods have we created? Anything that takes us away from serving and worshiping God is a false god. Things that are all about ourselves and drawing our focus away from God Things that might include stuff like uh, video games, sports, recreation, maybe a good home, expensive vehicle, adornment, maybe the color of our hair is what we want to make ourselves unique in. It could be music or dance or movies that often excite us but defile our hearts and souls. The world has defrauded us of millions of dollars to bow at the altar of pleasure. Serotonin, dopamine, and adrenaline are the drugs that feed our brain. Self-indulgence, greed, lack of sharing, and helping others are rampant attitudes in our society. 
We create all kinds of false images of who God is supposed to be, according to me. I cannot believe in a God that will punish evil, some people will think. I can't believe in a God that allows injustice. He is just not powerful enough to stop evil. But the question is, who is? Revival is returning to a relationship with your maker and your God. It is the beginning of victory in your life. God becomes our focus and object of worship, leaving everything else behind. So Samuel called the people together at Mitzvah to have a public repentance ceremony where they called on God in repentance. And when they had assembled, they had a drink offering where they acknowledged that Jehovah was a source of their water and not Baal. They fasted and confessed that they had sinned against the Lord. Israel was not bringing together military might, but they came to gather to worship God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the defender of the weak, and the one who watches over his people. You know, God doesn't miss anything that's happening on this world. It didn't take long for the Philistines to find out that all Israel was gathered for worship and not for war. So they decided to attack them. Previously, the Philistines had destroyed them. So now they were coming and they were prepared. They were, the Israelites were not prepared for war. They were there to worship. What was their first emotion? First of all, they were afraid. They cried out to Samuel, keep praying. They had ignored God so long that they didn't know how to pray for God's protection. Samuel took a young lamb and sacrificed it as a burnt offering for their sin and cried out to the Lord in intercessory prayer. And the Lord answered them. What, is in, uh, what, what happened next is very intriguing. Kids, what do you think the Lord did next? Something very, very strange. Something we would not think of at all, I don't think. Let's re remember, what was the God of the Philistines like? They worshipped Baal, who was the god of thunder. So, God was mocking the Philistines in his next move. Have you been ever in the middle of a thunderstorm and the lightning cracks and the thunder is so loud it splits your eardrums? Well, that's what happened. 
And the Philistines were just surprised. They were frightened. And so they fled and were destroyed. They were exhausted from their quick march up to attack at mitzvah and fleeing. They were fleeing in total fear. The men of God rose up and wiped them out with God's help. They were being punished for all their evil, their greed, their cruelty, and their godless activities against the people of God. That's what would eventually happen to those who mock God and reject him. Then Samuel took a stone, and he set it up between Mitzvah and Shen, and he named the rock Ebenezer, meaning, thus far has God helped us. So the Philistines were subdued, and they stopped invading Israel's territory. Throughout Samuel's lifetime, the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines. We keep reading in 1 Samuel 7, verse 14, the towns from Ekron to Gath that the Philistines had captured from Israel were restored to Israel. And Israel delivered the neighboring territory from the hands of the Philistines. There was peace between Israel and the Ammonites. Samuel continued as Israel's leader all the days of his life. From year to year, he went on a circuit from Bethel to Gilgal to Mitzvah, judging Israel in those places. But he always went back to Ramah, where his home was. And there he also held court for Israel. And he built an altar there to the Lord. So that's our story from 1 Samuel 7. And what can we learn from that story? I think, first of all, we need to learn that we need to repent and confess our sins if we want God's protection around us. When things go, don't go well, we have to look at ourselves and say, have I moved away from God? Next, we need to worship God, honor him, praise him, and have him cleanse our lives in every, from every sin. I think next we need to realize that God protects those who worship him. There are other fantastic stories in the Old Testament where God destroyed evildoers and restored his people. Another lesson that we can learn that is if we live in, if we live in fear, it will destroy us. The Philistines fled in fear and were destroyed when they turned their backs to the enemy. Their backs were not protected. And so we should live our lives not in fear, but rather in faith, knowing that God is on our side and we can stand against the evil one. And we have nothing, nothing to fear. 
Samuel was a man of prayer. So what can we pray for? Let's pray for victory over the enemy and that we will be able to meet again in person. We need to pray for revival, especially among those who are in leadership of our government, that they will recognize the need to worship God is, a signif- is significant and needs to be done in person. Pray that our churches will be filled once again. We don't need to live in fear, but in faith that God will bring an end to sin and sickness. Only those who have no hope live in fear, but we have a better place that we are going to. And my mom is experiencing that healing, that joy, happiness, and a heavenly reward for a life well lived. May we live in a way that God will say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. We shouldn't live in the present, but we need to live in the future. We need vision to see power, potential, opportunity, and the possibilities that God will give us as we are faithful. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are all-powerful. And you come at the right time. You come to help us in our need. And right now, many are struggling. I pray for healing for those who are sick. I pray for healing of emotions for those that are struggling with their emotional life. I pray that you will be with those who are spiritually sick, that have turned away from you, and that you will turn their hearts back to a relationship with you. We thank you that you are there for us, that you're always with us. You will never forsake us. And you will give us the power because you have the authority, all authority, that is in heaven and on earth. And you give it to us to use to build your kingdom. We thank you for that. And we pray for a tremendous outpouring of your Holy Spirit. May he fill each one of us and empower us to be kind, to be loving, to be thoughtful, and to uh, encourage others and help others in their relationship with you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.